If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnVest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with a top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Alex Von Tobel. And this week, I'm excited for you to meet Ara Modessian, co-founder and CEO of Service Titan, the largest trade services software company in the United States. Both children of tradesmen, Ara co-founded Service Titan alongside his long-term business partner, Vaha Kazoyan, in 2007. Over the past decade plus, Service Titan has grown to be worth almost $10 billion, powering over 12,000 trade customers. Furthermore, Service Titan has won a host of awards and raised over a billion dollars of capital from Sequoia, Bessemer, and others. Ara graduated from Stanford University with a degree of management science and engineering. And with that, let's welcome Ara. Ara, I'm so happy to have you today. I want to start with just the, the basics. Let's go back to that year of 2007. And what was the idea behind Service Titan? And give us a sense of how you got it started. Alexa, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. To understand Service Titan, I think you have to understand myself, my co-founder, Vahe, and our founding story. Both of us are Armenian immigrants. We came to this country when we were really young. Our parents were escaping situations where we were. There was the earthquake in Armenia that Vahe's parents were escaping. And then in my case, I'm Armenian, but I was born in Iran during the Iran-Iraq war. Uh, we came here when we were really young and our parents, like many immigrants, came here with you know no money, no knowledge of the language, no jobs lined up. And they had to do all kinds of jobs to make ends meet. And one of the jobs they took on early on was actually working in the trades. They were contractors. And at some point, they started their own small but aspiring trades businesses. And so from a very young age, Vahe and I both saw firsthand just how hard contractors work. Like I remember my dad would wake up really early in the morning at the crack of dawn and he'd go out there and work 12, 14 hour days in the field. And when he'd come home at eight o'clock, you know, the only thing he looked forward to was like a hot shower and then a meal with his kids. But then even after all that time in the field, he'd still have to do all the work that was typically done in the back office, but he'd have to do it at home around the dinner table. And I still remember him processing shoeboxes full of receipts, figuring out the schedule for the next day, you know, calculating timesheets and payroll for his technicians. And like many parents, he did all that to give his kids a much brighter future than he had. And so as a result of all, all that sacrifice, I got the opportunity to go to a good school. I got the opportunity to learn how to code to become an engineer. And after graduating college, I was thinking about what I want to do with my life. And of course, like most engineers, I wanted to go and work at all the cool tech companies. I wanted to go and work at Facebook or Google or Apple or the like. That one summer, Vahe and I were talking about what to do. And we decided, you know what, before we go and get the cool tech jobs, let's spend this summer building software 
to make life easier for our parents, to automate away all this manual work that they had to do that we had seen through our experience in Silicon Valley that most businesses and other industries no longer had to deal with. And so that's when the first incarnation of Service Titan was born. We built what effectively became Service Titan, and we saw massive improvements in our parents' businesses. Um, their revenue went up, their costs went down. It was much easier to run the business. And then other contractors found out about what we had built. And so then they had asked if they could also use the software. And of course, we wanted to help as many people as we could. So we, we gave them the opportunity to use it as well. And then at some point, we had this critical mass of hardworking people who depended on our software. And we realized, you know, we can't abandon these people. And so we had to put aside our hopes and dreams to, to work at the great tech companies to then pursue our own software company. And hence, Service Titan was born. And thankfully today, you know, our parents are no longer our only customers. And, you know, Service Titan is no longer just Baha or me. Can you go back to the days when it got off just being your parents? Can you give us a sense of what the original product innovation was? What were the things that people were so delighted about, which pulled you into doing it full time? Service Titan ultimately runs every aspect of running a contracting business. A contracting business is very similar to every other business in every other industry. They still need to do marketing to generate leads. Once they get leads, they need to do certain things to be able to service those leads, convert them into sales. They have to manage inventory. They have to manage payroll. They have to manage financials. They're scheduling, dispatching, et cetera. Service time handles all that. But customers didn't pay for service time back then and still don't pay just for those features. What they really pay for in the world of business software, businesses pay for business management software for pretty much only two reasons. Either you're going to help them significantly increase revenue, and that's what they're paying for, or you're going to help them significantly lower costs, and that's what they're paying for. Thankfully, Service Titan actually helps customers do both of those and do both of those at extreme levels of scale. So for example, let's say you ran your own air conditioning business, Alexa. Let's say you have about 20 technicians in the field. You probably have two or three call center reps in the office that are handling inbound calls from customers. You probably have a marketing manager that's taking your marketing budget and figuring out where to spend on advertisements. Is it on Google? Is it on Facebook? Is it on direct mailers into homes? And probably 10 other forms of advertisement. Um, you also have a back office that's going to replenish all the inventory in your technicians' trucks as they use parts. They're going to calculate payroll for your techs, all these back office functions. What Service Titan will do is do things that were never possible before. For example... Service Titan will actually measure the effectiveness of all the marketing campaigns your marketing manager is investing in. So your marketing manager can shut off the campaigns that aren't working and move those marketing dollars into the campaigns that are working. And overnight, increase the number of leads you get by 10, 20, 50, maybe even 100%. So you can potentially double your business volume just through that feature. Similarly, for all the leads that are calling in to your office saying, I got a leaky faucet, my toilets, uh, not running well or my air conditioning is not working, service time will make sure that every one of those calls is ultimately booked into an appointment so that your text can go out there and help a customer. And that might result in a 20% increase in your revenue. And then when your technicians get in the home, you know, 
as a homeowner, the one thing I hate is when I have a leaky faucet and I, and I call a company to come and help me, they come and replace the leaky faucet. But then once they leave, I forget that I don't have hot water quickly enough in the morning. I wish I had asked them to check the water heater or I have an issue with my garbage disposal. I forgot to ask them to check that. Well, service time makes sure that that experience doesn't happen because it enforces this 19 point inspection program where the technician will not only take a look at that leaky faucet you have, but will also check your water heater, your garbage disposal, and all these other things in the home. And that way, the technician can then talk to the homeowner and say, look, if all you want is for me to replace this leaky faucet, no problem. That's a, yeah, that'll cost 300 bucks. But if you want to take care of the garbage disposal, that's another $900. If you want to take care of this water heater, I can replace it with a brand new tankless system. That'll be 3000 And the homeowner can decide what is best for the homeowner. But the business implications of that for the customer, for you, is that the technician might walk away with a $300 repair on the faucet or you know a $4,000 total repair replacement with all these other options that the homeowner selected. And you can imagine that is a more than 10x difference in your business in terms of revenue. That is the scale of the opportunity that Service Titan helps contractors deliver for their customers. During the last few years, your revenue has exploded. It's more than doubled. What do you attribute that growth to? And what advice can you share for everybody out there on go-to-market? What have you learned in the last, call it, decade plus of, of running and, and leading Service Titan? First, I didn't even know that the industry was this big, even as the son of a contractor, even as someone who started a company that serves customers in the trades. It turns out this is one of the last and largest undisrupted industries in the world. I mean, there's a trillion dollars spent on the trades in the US and Canada alone. There's over 100 million residential and commercial properties. All these properties have plumbing problems, air conditioning problems, electrical problems, and so on, problems in about 20 different trades. And in many ways, these are life support systems. Like none of us can operate our lives or live without running water, without refuge from the biting cold or the scorching heat, or without power and electricity to power our lives. So this industry is critical. It's massive. And then, of course, all the trends, in our view, are making it even bigger because the idea of like DIY uh, has become a much smaller thing today. Most people today don't have time to fix these issues on their own. They don't have the knowledge. They'd much rather hire an expert to come and do it for them. So it's much more massive than uh, we had understood. So number one lesson learned and advice to people is if you can identify you know, a massive industry, the, the prospects of building a large company are much higher. And then second, there is no substitute for delivering real value for your customer. At the end of the day, customers will ultimately do business with you if you are making them money or helping them save money. Those are the, the two victories in B2B software. Um, and in our case, we, we do both and we do both really well. And there are countless success stories that demonstrate the magnitude of the in increases in revenue. I want to just double click on the pandemic because it obviously had a massive impact on your business. Can you give us just a quick summary of what did COVID do to Service Titan? Yeah, it was an extraordinary time for Service Titan, just as was an extraordinary time for everybody in this world. If you can imagine, right at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a lot of uncertainty. 
the, there were all these orders given that businesses effectively had to stop. And so there was a lot of fear and uncertainty in our industry about what would happen to our customers' businesses. And then, of course, uh, what would ultimately happen to us? Uh, but I think, thankfully, within, I think, two weeks of the lockdown, the world realized just how critical some of these service providers are. Of course, we realized just how critical you know, grocery stores are. We realized how critical everybody working in medical professions were. But within two weeks, we realized how critical tradespeople were as well. And so tradespeople were labeled as essential services. People were locked in their homes. They were using life support systems in their homes more often. You know, they were flushing toilets more often, running the air conditioning more often, using more um, electricity in the homes. And so these things needed more repair and replacement. Um, the challenge for us was helping the industry figure out how do we protect technicians that are actually going to go into the home to provide services for their communities. And then in many cases, helping the industry figure out how is everybody going to operate remotely? If all these calls typically come into the office, you know, how are customer service reps now going to work from the home and we help route the calls to the home, give them tools to be able to book appointments and coordinate technicians all from the home. And then lastly, when the technicians are in the home, how are they going to interact with the homeowner? Because ultimately you need to be able to share with the homeowner, here are the problems in the house, here are the potential solutions, do the transaction, take payment. Um, and everybody wanted to do it in a contactless way. You know, nobody wanted to stand right next to a technician. So we ultimately within a matter of weeks, did this massive sprint to build all these features to help our customers and technicians operate in a contactless way. If we fast forward another decade, can you give us a sense of any of your predictions around where you think we're headed and what's obvious to you? So if you had to give me just a sense of the bets that you think seem super clear for the future of Service Titan, what are they? One is the need for automation is very critical. Ultimately, there is a big shortage of labor in this industry of skilled tradesmen who know how to service and replace these life support systems. And so given that the demand for these services continues to increase and is very strong and very resilient, there's going to need to be a, even more automation in this industry for this constrained labor supply to be able to service all the demand. And that's where Service Titan is trying to help the industry in a very big way. We've made a very big investment in what we call Titan Intelligence. It's all of our AI ML efforts at Service Titan. Uh, things like in the near future, very assisted scheduling and dispatching to optimize routing for technicians so that they can ultimately um, service homes faster and service more homes throughout the day. That's one of the ways we're going to be able to meet all the demand. And then second, I think connected systems are going to be critical as well. The days of you know, the air conditioning system starts to degrade, starts to degrade, and nobody notices until it's degraded so badly where it just stops working. And that's when the homeowner realizes and then calls a contracting business to come and rescue the day. Uh, with a connected system, the system will be able to identify when the air conditioning equipment is starting to experience a problem much earlier in the cycle and ask for help at a time where uh, an easier and quicker repair can be made before the system ultimately breaks down and requires complete replacement. So those are the two things, investment in automation and connected systems are probably two very clear trends. 
if you wanted to pay it forward to everybody, figuring out culture, particularly because of now remote work and Zoom, how do you think about the things that you've learned and, and the things that you would tell everyone to repeat? Culture has to be more than just the buzzword. So for us, we're very intentional about almost everything at Service Titan, including culture. We define culture as the set of values and behaviors in a company or sort of it's the how we play and how we play determines whether we win. It determines the level of success that we achieve. So if we want to win, we need to cultivate a culture that is conducive to success. It is a winning culture and winning cultures are the cultures that deliver extraordinary results while being a rewarding and fun place to work. So that is our objective. And if we don't intentionally design and cultivate that particular culture, an organic culture will develop based on the the natural expression of these elements by various team members. And it's highly unlikely that it will be the ideal one if it forms organically. So we want to intentionally design our desired culture um, and actively cultivate it. And so... When Vi and I started thinking about, you know, Service Titan's core values and memorializing it, we, we were intentional that we wanted to pick values that were aspirational and describe people's motivations first, not necessarily behaviors. So we picked three core values. One is change lives. One is achieve the extraordinary. And one is build the dream team. And any potential Titan that joins the company, this is what we interview for is are they motivated by the same motivations as we are. Because if they are, they are likely to exhibit the the behaviors that we want. And then we thought about, okay, then what are the specific behaviors we want? The behaviors we want are things like obsessing over making customers successful, putting customers first, company second, me third, things like making each other better, working on becoming the best versions of ourselves, having high standards, constantly demonstrating ownership, uh, dreaming big and moving quickly, and so on. There's a list of 15 of these behaviors that we call principles. So these two are memorialized in the company. These two are fully described with examples of what it means to demonstrate ownership. And here are examples of what it means to not demonstrate ownership. And these things are constantly reinforced in the business. We talk about them all the time at things like All Hands, where we share examples of these principles in action, as well as learning moments where these principles were not embodied in action. We reward people based on these behaviors. And we have built our own rituals based on these behaviors. So these things are constantly reinforced with the entire team. Is there an interview question that you like to ask that you feel like really gets to the core of whether or not that alignment is there? There absolutely is a question I love to ask in interviews. Just generally in interviews, I love to hear about people's journeys. Of course, I want to hear all about their professional capabilities, professional accomplishments, etc. But I love when people will will take the opportunity to share their personal story with me. And I love to ask or I'd love to hear if there are moments where they have overcome a lot of adversity, because that adversity will show me their resilience, their perseverance, and their desire to achieve something extraordinary. And these motivations are things that are very hard to change later in life. So if we can identify a pool of talented people who are all so driven that will stop at nothing that gets in their way, the much higher chances there are of service time being successful. But more importantly, the more enjoyable it'll be working with 
people of such ilk. And we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on, for starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Carta knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite, providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suite helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. All right, I want to go back to the beginning. Can we go back to your childhood? And I would love to get a sense of something that your parents did that you attribute to your success. Probably in terms of motivation, just seeing their work ethic and the adversity they had to overcome was the most motivating thing for me. The most concrete step they took that really shaped my future and especially my involvement in software. So certainly my my parents understood that like many immigrants and just many parents generally, the gateway to success is education. So that was the thing they were most strict about. I could do whatever else as long as I was getting good grades. But I I remember my dad, every few weeks when he would come home from work, one of his pit stops would be Barnes & Noble. And he would walk into Barnes & Noble and he would buy books for me. Now, the challenge is my dad didn't speak English very well. To this day, he struggles to speak English very well. So he would walk in and want to buy books. But because he didn't know English very well, he really didn't know what he was buying. But He would randomly walk up to one aisle and pick a book, walk up to another aisle, pick a book. And so I would get this collection of books from random categories, you know, plopped onto my desk. And one day he brought home a stack of books and I picked the one on top and I took a look at it and said, he had read how to teach yourself visual basic in 21 days. And I was like, what in the world is visual basic? And so I opened up to page one. I started reading, started reading. And then I realized, wow, this is teaching me how to build computer programs. And I became fascinated with the idea. So I downloaded Visual Basic and I kept reading page by page and doing all the examples and learning from it. And then I realized, you know, I just learned how to code and it became the most fascinating thing to me. And then I was absorbed into it. I started coding a lot and then I, I started doing, you know, small scale software consulting in order to earn money on the site. Ever since I was probably 14 years old, uh, I would find random businesses in the community that needed you know, a website made or this small application made to help their business. I would take on those gigs to earn money. And I did that through high school, through college, until we started Service Titan. One of the things you've discussed that I, I'm really fascinated to dig into um, is the importance of you and your co-founder really having those shared values. And obviously, you guys have very shared backgrounds. Talk a little bit about why that's been a backbone of Service Titan for 15 years. You know, Alexa, it's so interesting because Vahe and I, for the uninitiated, we're so different in almost every way. Our hobbies are completely different. I'm hardcore about sports. He's you know, completely anti-sports. Um, we dress completely differently. He likes to wear a lot of funny cat t-shirts etc. And I dress much more formally. There's only one thing that is shared between us. And it's that shared set of values. 
And I think it comes from our upbringing. I think it comes from our Armenian identity. You know, if you take a look at Service Titan's three core values, you know, change lives, it's, it's very similar like Armenian culture. It's all about helping the people around you as much as you can. I think that is what has kept us such close friends for such a long time. Vahe and I are, are you know, brothers. Our families are very close friends. Our kids, we each have three kids. You know, they're close friends. Our parents are even close friends, extended families, et cetera. Um, it's such, it comes from that shared set of values. And it's been, it's very hard for many people to continue to build and scale companies with their co-founder. And I don't know what the success rate is, but I suspect it's, you know, far from a hundred percent. But Vahe and I are effectively like a married couple at this point. You know, both of us run the business together. We're, we're equal co-founders in the business. And it's just been magical. And to have someone who you trust their intellect, you trust their judgment, you trust their commitment to the business. But most importantly, you never, ever doubt their intention is the, the most magical thing and helpful thing for running a business because we can split the work equally. What's a piece of feedback that you got that has made you a better founder? One of the most valuable things to us at ServiceTime has, has certainly been the 360s that Vahe and I um, constantly do, uh, as well as uh, our whole executive team does. And now you know, a lot of people throughout the company volunteer themselves that they all want to get the feedback because you know one of our core principles is constantly working on the best version of, of ourselves. And that requires input and feedback. And the, the nice thing is it's gotten to a point where people get these 360s done. And of course, you get a couple pages of just glowing reviews about all the amazing qualities you have. And then after the couple pages of amazing qualities, you get like 12 pages of all the things you need to improve on. But uh, the culture has really shifted to this culture of like complete trust and vulnerability. People will sit in front of a room of their peers, their direct reports, their bosses. And they even willingly will read their full 360. And they're okay with the fact that people get to hear, of course, not only the amazing praise, but all the, the areas for improvement. That was the one piece of feedback. I got many pieces of feedback, but if I, I were to highlight one that I thought was most transformative, I got this early on that it's important, you know, as a leader, we all want to paint this picture that we are. You know, we have great judgment, we're infallible, we know what we're doing to inspire confidence in the team. And we quickly realized that what inspires even more confidence than this idea that you are perfect and infallible is actually if you can demonstrate the vulnerability to transparently, quickly recognize and admit your shortcomings and do it in the spirit of, I want to learn from this, I want to improve uh, and become better at this. And the first step to improvement is recognizing it. And so Vi and I, uh, at one session, we, we sat down in front of our entire executive team and in the spirit of vulnerability, we just read the pages upon pages of feedback that we got on the areas that we needed to improve. Not only did that build more ownership for us that we had to improve in these areas, but I think it inspired far greater trust within the team that yes, we recognize our shortcomings and we are committed to improving them. And because we shared it with everyone, they helped us on our journey to address these shortcomings. Anytime, for example, we were repeating you know, one of these shortcomings, 
they would in a very friendly way be like, Hey, just FYI, I'm beginning to experience you, you know, not being vulnerable. I'm beginning to experience you avoiding conflict, which would immediately help us correct course. Being a founder is really stressful. Yeah. You know that. Um, is there any trick you have when things get really, really stressful? Is there something you do? Is it sleep, exercise, meditation, or is it something weirder and wilder that keeps you stable? Sleep, physical activity, and meditation all are critical. Um, like you, Alexa, I have three kids as well. So for me, family time and time with the kids is like the most enjoyable reward. Uh, and it's what keeps me sane. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful that I get to spend a good portion of, of my family time with the kids through an activity that we all love. That is also, you know, physical activity, which is soccer. My kids are soccer fanatics. Um, I'm very passionate about soccer as well. Outside of service Titan, this is the one, you know, area of, of like mental and stress relief that I get to spend time with the kids, especially on soccer. It's incredibly rewarding. Our last quick round, it's just a few minutes. I'm going to ask you a question. Tell me the first thing that comes to your mind as quickly as you can. A quote that you live by or a quote that you love. One is legacies aren't given, they're earned. Another is only those who dare to go too far can find out how far one can go. And then probably the last one is nobody knows the boundaries of your own potential. I see the person you are and the person you have the potential to be. And I want to introduce the two of you one day. What's your biggest pinch me moment to date at Service Titan? What's the day of work where you came home and went back to your family and were like, holy smokes, I can't believe you just did that. What happened? Today, your podcast. I love the answer. That's the best answer I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> but the one before this was standing on stage at our user conference, Pantheon, um, that we did a few months ago um, at the USC Coliseum in front of you know, thousands of customers. That was, that was epic and incredibly special for me. I love that. Favorite book? A book you've read can be any book that's changed your life. doesn't have to be a business book. Based on the story I, I, I just shared, it's got to be Teach Yourself Visual Basic in 21 Days. Nothing. I was like, Visual Basic. <laughs> I was like, I know the answer. Uh, last question. Um, what's one category of innovation that you're most excited about that's not service Titan? Yeah, there's recency bias here, but like chat GPT. Amazing. I know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out all the things this is going to disrupt. Give me one thing you know it's going to disrupt that you're already processing. Oof. Uh, speech writing. Totally. Ara, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody out there, if you want to learn more, check out servicetitan.com. And you can join us next week for Inc. The Founders Project with Alex Montobel. Ara, we're rooting for you. You're such an authentic, awesome human. I mean, your business worth more than probably $10 billion now and, and growing. Um it is legendary to get to have you on and just really, really pumped to, to finally properly meet you. And we're all rooting for you. Likewise, Alexa, grateful and honored for this conversation. Thank you so much and wishing you all the best.